Blog Talk Radio. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now you found it. This is Alan Smith's Ask the Trucker Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world. With your hosts, Alan and Donna Smith, focusing on driver health, careers, regulations, and the important issues facing the industry. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Ask the Trucker Live begins right now. All right, and welcome back to Ask the Trucker Live. Today is Thursday, February 19th, 2015. I'm Alan Smith along with Donna Smith, and this evening we have a uh, very important show to bring you, and it's all about that great time of year tax season. So joining us this evening is our special guest, Todd Amon, founder and CEO of ATBS on the web at atbsshow.com, and uh, Mr. Amon will be discussing important facts and answering those tough questions relating to owner-operators and independent contractors' business tax filings, and uh, we may even touch on some company drivers. Can't leave them out as well. But as a leader in the tax industry, the primary goal for ATBS is optimizing owner-operators' financial success through their accounting and tax preparation resolution services and this is our goal this evening to work together and bring you as much information that we can in the time allotted to make this year's tax season a little easier and more informative for you. Now prior to uh, ATBS, Mr. Amon was co-president of Trans Western Express Limited, a uh, family-owned truck line operating throughout the uh, 48 states and Canada. And in addition to his work with ATBS, he is a uh, recognized leader in transportation and finance and is also on the board of directors of the Truckload Carriers Association. And he's a graduate of Colorado State University with a Bachelor of Science degree in business administration with an emphasis in finance and marketing. And he'll be glad to answer any questions you have. If you would like to join in on the show, our call in number 347826. Nine one seven zero, and uh, Donna, you know, you know how confusing taxes can be for a lot of people. I mean, the the tax code, code, the uh, you know rules, laws, always changing. So one thing I find that is often confusing for a lot of owner operators out there is the old per diem rule and how it works toward their tax filing. So. We'll definitely have to touch on that a little bit this evening with Mr. Amon, don't you think? Absolutely. And if truckers are anything like me, um, I think I'd rather have 10 root canals than do my taxes. That's how bad I am. It's agonizing. I know. something we all have to go through. So, Well, all right. Hey, we'll take a quick break. When we return, Todd Amon of ATBS, our guest this evening. And it is all coming up on Ask the trucker live you're listening to ask the trucker live with alan smith on blog talk radio don't go anywhere alan and donna will be right back
Hey everybody, Alan Smith here. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, you make the monthly payment and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. There is no big balloon payment at the end and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. This is Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at askthetrucker.com. Now, back to the show. All right, we're back, and Mr. Amon, uh, welcome to the program, and thanks for joining us this evening. Hey, Alan and Donna, it's a pleasure to be here, and I uh, appreciate you having me on, and i got to tell you one thing, I always come with reinforcements because I don't know all the answers, so I've, I've got the head of our <laughs> tax department, Mike Callahan, on the phone with me, too, in case I get stumped. Hello there. Okay. <laughs> well, that's fine, too. I know I can certainly understand that. but That's why I'm here, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you very much. Just, just broadcast that out to everybody. Well, listen, we're uh, we're glad to have you. Uh, let me, um, I guess, just let me start real quick with you know I've um, I've known a lot of owner operators in my time, and and some would have an accountant taking care of the business, but the the accountant wasn't necessarily you know involved with the truck and industry and in you know, all the rules, regulations, and so forth. So. Uh, I mean, how how detrimental to a driver's tax return, I mean, could it possibly prove to be when using a service, you know, whose knowledge of the truck and industry is, you know, not so up to standards, let's say? Well, I'll, I'll tell you a couple things around that. The first one is it can cost you, you know, a little bit of money in your taxes. And when I say that, a really simple example you brought up at the beginning of the show is per diem. There's different kinds of per diems uh, for taxes in the country. And, you know, a guy like me that travels and goes out and calls on customers and takes them out to eat and those kinds of things, I'm only allowed to deduct 50% of my meal and entertainment expense when I do those kinds of things. And when you go to a typical, you know, store box uh tax preparer or someone that's not familiar with trucking, a lot of times they'll screw up the per diem and they won't even know that there's a specific per diem that relates just to truck drivers and people governed by the hours of service rules. So, you know, you can lose a good chunk of your per diem deduction right there. So, you know, that, that might cost you a thousand, two thousand dollars. Um I've seen depreciation screwed up on trucks where drivers didn't or tax preparers didn't know how to do the depreciation, but Probably the the worst thing that I think happens these days is there's a lot of tax folks out there that kind of sell the ploy that will help you screw the IRS. And, 
you know, nobody likes to pay taxes. Nobody likes to pay more than they have to pay. And so there's a lot of folks out there that think they've got some crafty scheme that they can help drivers cheat on taxes. And they'll start doing returns, and more and more people get referred to them. And they don't do them properly. And, you know, the things that they do wrong ultimately get discovered by the IRS. And the IRS has gotten smarter in the last few years. And, you know, what it winds up turning into is when the IRS finds a few returns that are done like that, that are improper and, you know, actually truly cheating the IRS out of money, they'll go to that tax preparer and they'll pull all their files. And not only, you know, will they put the tax preparer out of business, but they'll find out who all they've done tax returns for. And we've seen it with, you know, hundreds of drivers who have gone to the same tax preparer because they thought they were, you know, getting good tax advice. And the IRS will go back and audit every one of those individuals and they'll go back as far as they can a number of years and assess penalties and interest. So, you know, it really is something you got to take pretty serious and make sure you're getting a really quality tax return done. Oh, I mean, I, uh, one thing I don't mess with is, is, is the IRS and, you know, I, I've never really had a problem with it. I, I tried, uh, in the beginning, I tried to kind of do it myself and keep track, uh, but it, it just became too difficult. So I had a, you know, I always had someone who knew the industry to take care of, and it worked out pretty well. But uh, uh, give a shout-out to uh, our listeners uh, on here, uh, New Jersey, Georgia, New York, South Carolina. That's as far as I got. I'll scroll down as we go, but I appreciate you tuning in. So, well, listen, how about uh, it, it, the tax code is so confusing. I mean, we're um, independent contractors, owner-operators, whatever. I mean, how – how are their taxes actually paid? I mean, is it, is it always on 1099? Is there ever a time for a W-2? Or I mean, how exactly, I guess to just jump in here and begin, maybe explain just how how are they paid and reported? Yeah, you know, that's a really good uh, conversation to have because I think it gets really confusing for a lot of drivers. And so just kind of to walk through the basics, when you enter the industry and when most people enter the workforce, they become an employee of a company. And when you're an employee of a company, life's pretty simple. Um, you go to work there and they give you a paycheck. And, you know, if you're getting paid $1,000 a week, you're going to get less than that, probably somewhere around 750 or $800 in your net paycheck. And the reason is because that company takes out all of your taxes for you. They pay all of your withholding for your, you know, federal income tax. They do all of your Social Security and Medicare tax withholdings. And they remit all that for you. And at the end of the year, you get the W-2. And it, you know, simply tells you all those numbers. And, you know, Alan, maybe like you were talking about, when you were an employee of somebody else, life was pretty easy. You could do a 1040 easy return and do it online with TurboTax or whatever program you used and get your refund and, you know, life was simple. At some point, if you become an independent contractor and you work for yourself, even if you lease onto a motor carrier you're and you're an independent contractor, life changes really drastically. And a lot of folks that take that step don't really understand the details of that in the beginning. And so essentially what happens when you take that step is the way you get paid completely changes, and you're going to get paid just the revenue that you generate. If you, if you generate $2,000 a week, you're going to get paid that $2,000. There's no withholding of any taxes because that company no longer is required to do any of that because you're an independent contractor, not an employee. So... What's going to happen then at the end of the year is you're going to get 
you know, especially if you're leased to a motor carrier, if you even change carriers during the year, you're going to get a 1099 from each of those motor carriers. If you're truly independent and drive under your own authority and you're hauling for shippers direct or broker loads or those kinds of things, you may not get all the 1099s. Um, some of those companies will file them, some won't, depending on you know, if they're following the law and those kinds of things. But in the end, you're getting a 1099 probably from somewhere. And so what happens is those W-2s and 1099s get reported to the IRS. And so where where guys get in trouble is all of a sudden they became an owner-operator and they don't understand the fact that their taxes were not withheld by a company anymore and that they're responsible to pay them themselves through a completely different process called the quarterly estimated tax payment system. Meanwhile, the IRS is getting these 1099 amounts, so they know you got paid, you know, 100 or 150 thousand dollars last year, but they don't have any expenses to offset that. And so all of a sudden, if you're not filing a tax return and you know showing your expenses to offset that and all those kinds of things, the IRS is going to come after you because they know you made money. They just don't know you spent money, and they're going to come after you for a, a big chunk of money. Um, so I guess well, you know that's kind of the basic fundamental of company driver versus a owner operator. Well, you brought up an interesting thing, too, about the employees, and then I, I want to touch on the quarterly taxes because, you know, Donna, remember me doing the quarterly taxes when we had the moving company? Yeah. I always dreaded it, but, well, yeah, hey, he, I got he, it down pretty good, care, though. Well, you always took care of all that. That I, that just blew my mind looking at all that stuff and the IFTA and, oh, oh, my God, I was like, nope, not for me. <laughs> but but you, you, you did bring up the interesting part about employees, and, uh, you know, we kind of uh, know – all about what happened out in California with the port drivers and all that. But now what what about the the independent contractor, the owner operator who has employees, you know, maybe like, you know, the small fleet owner, you know, running 10, 15 trucks who has employees. I mean, that's uh kind of adds more to the uh to the issue on the taxes, correct? Yeah, it really does. I'll tell you, you know, past practice in our industry and and I completely understand it because it gets really complicated and difficult and painful to employ people if you're a small company. It's a full-time job to, you know, do the withholdings and submit the weekly or monthly or quarterly filings to the states and the federal government and all those kinds of things. So, you know, what what is a pretty common practice is a driver will start out driving his truck and he's an independent contractor and he'll do pretty well at it and make enough money to go buy another truck and hire his brother or his friend or someone else to drive that truck. And usually when that takes place, they they don't really think about or want to go through the difficult process of making them an employee. So they'll treat them as an independent contractor and they'll just pay them, you know, let's just say I'm going to pay you 40 cents a mile for driving my truck and at the end of the year, um, you know, that, that's all that happened. I just paid you 40 cents a mile and I give you a 1099 at the end of the year and that's that. What And you might do that, you know, and grow to four or five or ten trucks the the thing that we've really run into in the last few years is all government agencies from states to municipalities to the federal government you know through the great recession they were short of money and so they started looking for money and and the way they did that was trying to find places where people weren't doing things the right way and in a lot of those cases where you know I'm paying my brother or my friend as a 1099 and my brother or my friend's not filing their taxes on time so they're not paying their withholdings and all those kinds of things they started going in and auditing some of those small business owners and really 
you know, pointing out that these are truly employees. They're not truly independent contractors. You're telling them where to drive, how to drive, where to pick up, where to, you know, drop the load, how to do the job and all those kinds of things. And, you know, we have some specific client examples. I can think of one that wasn't a federal issue, but in Texas a year or so ago, uh, a driver got audited and he was paying, you know, his second driver on a second truck on a 1099 and texas said no this guy's really an employee based on the circumstances now you're treating and managing him and we're going to hold you accountable for all of his unemployment tax and his federal withholdings and all of his taxes for the last you know three years so the numbers got pretty big pretty quick and so i caution drivers um, it's not an easy thing to do uh, we we do it for a number of drivers. We call it our premium business service. We can do the the payroll and the withholdings and all those forms and everything else. And um, it, it's kind of a pain in the butt. That's a lot of paperwork. But uh, you can get yourself in trouble if you got a bunch of guys driving for you and you're paying them as independent contractors. And and you're saying that's that's all, all the states. Yeah, it's a state issue and it's a federal issue. So. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of times a five-truck owner can skate under the radar and uh, not get caught doing those kinds of things. Sometimes it's just a matter of time. Like I say, the states and the federal government have gotten a lot more aggressive in the last few years trying to oh, track yeah. down folks that aren't doing it the right way. So it's really just a matter of what you got to think about, and you can easily find the rules. You can go to the IRS and pull up their 20-employee rules or um, you know, you can Google a lot of stuff on the Internet and really understand if the person working for you, you can treat as an independent contractor or um, if they really need to be treated as an employee. In most cases, in a real small, you know, fleet owner kind of an operation, they probably should be treated as employees. Yeah, I mean, that, you're right. I mean, that really did start really with a big deal a couple of years ago. They started cracking down. Hey, let me ask you a couple of questions, then I'll grab a couple of callers. I already got some questions coming in, less in the uh, chat room. Uh, and we'll we'll probably jump all around here, but, you know, we'll just try to cover as much as we can. He's uh, He's got he, a few questions in here. Yeah, he's asking, uh, and I was going to touch on this anyway, going to talk about tax deduction and tax credit, and we'll get a, we'll get into those a little bit more, too specifically but right now just he's wanting to know i mean what explain to uh everybody the, the difference between a tax deduction and a tax credit that's a great question that i think is often misunderstood yeah, is. and so a tax deduction is a pretty simple thing if i'm operating a business as an owner operator I file ultimately if I'm a sole proprietor on my tax return, something called a Schedule C. And so, as I talked about earlier, let's just say for simple example, I'm going to generate $100,000 in revenue. I'm going to have expenses against that fuel and truck payment and maintenance and all those kinds of things. So, let's just say I spend $100 in um, a maintenance expense. That is a deduction, an expense against my. Uh, income and so in the end it's going to save me you know 20 to 25 percent of my income because it's an expense so that's a deduction against my expense a tax credit is something that's completely di different on your tax form and the IRS has different credits set up there's uh, credits if you have kids in you know child daycare there's earned income credit if you didn't make much money last year the government wants you to you know be able to have some money and buy food and those kinds of things. There's uh, credits if you have kids in college. And the value of a credit is, at the end of the day, if I owe $1,000 in taxes and I get a $1,000 credit, that $1,000 credit goes completely against 
that thousand dollars I owe in taxes, so it essentially zeroes out. So, so credit is a dollar for dollar against my tax bill, whereas a deduction only saves you a percentage of your tax bill. If that, if that makes sense. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I got that. You got that, Donnie? You writing all this down? Yeah. yeah. I'm running the chat. I'm running the Facebook page. I am listening though. And what I was thinking of? Can you give some examples, Todd? Of um. I know you gave the the child for trucking. What are some examples for the tax credits? You know, I think I'll ask Mike if he's got any specifics. I I will tell you some numbers that I know of. Um, There is the American Opportunity Credit. So for every child you've got in college, you can deduct $2,500 in a credit for children that are in college. And um, Mike deals with tax returns here every day, so I'll see if Mike's got any specific credit examples. Um, I know of one that uh, relates directly to truck drivers, and that would be the uh, non-highway uh, fuel credit. Um, so, so taking the fuel credit for, um, like, refrigerant fuel, those sorts of things. So if you run a refrigerated trailer in your tax, um, when you buy diesel fuel at the pump, you know, the federal taxes. 24 cents or something like that per gallon and the state tax can be anywhere from 10 cents to 50 cents a gallon um, you actually don't have to pay that tax on your refrigerated fuel or fuel that you could say went into your APU Um, if you can gauge and keep track of that fuel amount uh, you can take a credit as Mike says directly against your income tax for that okay and what was that what was that credit called again it's the uh it's the non highway fuel credit um okay non highway fuel credit okay and then i know you mentioned the american opportunity credit that's the uh reduce a tax $2500 for each child that you may have in college and then you also have uh correct me if i'm wrong a a child care and dependent tax credit did you mention that yeah, sure did. So for kids that are under 13 okay. years old, or if you have a disabled right. dependent living with you in the house, and you got to pay someone to take care of them while you're at work, you and your spouse are at work, you can deduct $3,000 for one of those children, um, or disabled dependent, or up to $6,000 if you have two or more. Okay, so these are some specific tax credits that the you know the drivers out there really need to be looking at. What about now we go to the, back to the tax deductions, and I'll ask Les's questions again. Take a caller, but that, that those are tax credits. What are some of the uh, uh, maybe the mo- most common tax deductions, and then what are some of the most often overlooked deductions? Those are great questions, um, and I'll I'll tell you, you know, there's too many to go through here. You can always go to right. our website and just Google tax documents, and, and you can find a lot of lists of things on there. But just some stuff to kind of make you think, I guess. You know, the way uh-huh. I like to think about it is anything that's I use in my normal, ordinary course of business is deductible. So, you know, you think about things like Atlas and roadmaps that drivers buy or a vacuum for my truck or, you know, i got to do an annual drug test. Um, random drug tests, if I have to pay for those things, they're deductible. If I have satellite radio in my truck, you know, I'm listening to weather channels and uh, I can listen to the truck channel and things like that. So, you know, there's a lot of things like that. Business credit cards, if I use a credit card to uh, buy things for my business and there's fees associated with that. Um, 
you know, a lot of those kind of things that people don't think of, fuel, tires, all those obviously are directly related to my business. But, you know, some of those outside things, heck, as simple as Windex for cleaning my windshield and um, all those kinds of things are deductible. Well, I, I know we had uh, been kind of conversing back and forth a little bit uh, earlier in the week, and one of the often overlooked tax deductions that uh, I think Amy was the one, Amy Donna, right? Yes. Amy sent, and uh, it kind of surprised me, but uh, one of the overlooked tax deductions, she had she had listed guard dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a guard dog I mean, is a good one, and it's kind of a funny one, and uh you know, there's there's a whole list, I guess, I would call them almost uh, misunderstood rather than overlooked because you'll get mixed opinions. You can ask, ask some tax preparers if I could take a guard dog deduction on my truck, and there are tax preparers that will say, you know, no way, that's a pet, and Darius wouldn't allow it. And we, we do a lot of tax returns for truck drivers, and we want to make sure we're doing them right. And so we actually have had conversations with the IRS, and we get guidance where we're uncertain. And we have gotten specific guidance on a guard dog deduction. And so, you know, the, the simple basics of it in in kind of what we've been told by the IRS is, again, it's, it's normal and ordinary course of business. If, you know, I think some folks feel like they got to have a Doberman Pinscher or a German Shepherd as a guard dog before it can be deducted. Maybe that's what some tax preparers would tell you. But, you know, you've been in truck stops like I have, and if you walk by a truck and there's a little chihuahua in there barking his head off oh, and yeah. you drive by or walk <laughs> by, you're probably not going to go near that truck and think about robbing it or stealing something or doing something. So, you know, I consider right. chihuahua a guard dog just like I would a German Shepherd. The key is the expenses that you write off, you know, have to be reasonable and, and ordinary. So the food and, you know, the stuff that you feed your dog um, to take care of them in the truck are fine. But let's say your dog gets sick and, you know, you go to the vet and you've got to have his, you know, leg amputated or something crazy and it costs $3,000. The IRS probably isn't going to consider that a normal and ordinary expense of operating your truck. So you got to be reasonable in some of these kinds of things. Um, but, but certainly a guard dog is a reasonable deduction. Well, let's put in the chat room that you can deduct your um, dog's pet food. Yeah, definitely. Right. Okay. Definitely. Well, um, okay, so this is kind of making me think here. So, okay, medical expenses, obviously, these are some of the things that are often overlooked. Medical expenses that, you know, you've mentioned, a guard dog, out-of-route miles. Um, so let me ask you this. if uh, I mean, would some of these things relate to a company driver as well? What about medical expenses and out-of-route miles and a guard dog? I mean, is that something that can re- can you know you can say would go with a company driver as well? You know, I'm going to let Mike back me up on this uh, answer because okay. again, I'm not technical uh, to the to the daily tax returns of company drivers like he is. But um, for okay. a typical company driver, uh, things are relatively simple. They get everything paid for by the company and. Um, they get their taxes taken out. And so they file a relatively simple tax return. If the driver has a lot of expenses related to their operating the truck that are not reimbursed by the company, uh, they can do what's called a Schedule A, and they can itemize their deductions. And so that's where things like that would come in. The challenge in that is they're already allowed a pretty large uh, standard deduction on their tax return to kind of take care of that stuff. So, you know, someone... 
uh, married, again, I don't have the exact numbers, but let's just say the average married person can file a standard deduction of $11,000, somewhere in that ballpark. So for me to itemize guard dog expenses or medical expenses or those kinds of things, it's it's pretty rare. When you get into a per diem situation, a lot of drivers that are company drivers will be paid a separate pay for per diem, and so they can't take a per diem deduction. But if they're not and they can take a per diem deduction, then itemizing starts to make sense. So it really depends on each driver, you know, from a company driver perspective and his situation. I would I would just venture to say that probably less than 20% of our company drivers wind up itemizing and uh being able to take those kind of deductions. Okay, well, uh, a company driver that gets paid only by the mile, uh, are are their mill expenses deductible? Yeah. Out, sure. on, the, out on the road, of course? They are, so that's the same thing as a okay. independent contractor. They're both the same. So uh, for every day that that driver is away from home, they can take $59 a day as a meal per diem deduction. And um, it gets a little bit complicated you only get to deduct 75% of that $59 per day. And so really the calculation comes down to how many days was I away from home and multiply by that $59 times 75%. And if that is more than my you know standard deduction that I'm allowed, then it makes sense for me to itemize. And once I do itemize, then I can put things on there like my cell phone as a company driver and you know work clothes that I might have to buy to operate the truck and you know the various kind of things that we're talking about. Okay, I would be, I'd be willing to bet a lot of company drivers miss a lot of that. Uh, you know, may, you know, maybe not, but I, I mean, I would think so. Uh, one more question. That's a good question from Les again. Then I'll take a caller here. Uh, he's saying, looking from a tax savings point of view, what, what would you consider better to to purchase or to lease a uh, a commercial motor vehicle? I'll kind of talk you through both scenarios. Um, if you lease a truck as an independent contractor, what you're allowed to do is just simply deduct that lease payment on a monthly basis. And, you know, our average driver probably has a $1,750 a month lease payment. And so that's my deduction every single month. And let's say that's, you know, a truck that is valued at $100,000 for uh, simplicity. If I were to go out and buy that truck and borrow money to finance it, I'm going to get a loan and I'm going to pay interest. So, you know, I'm going to have my truck payment to the bank that's going to include principal and interest, but it completely changes things from a tax perspective. There are ways, depending on the tax rules and, you know, some called a Section 179 deduction and depreciation, I could possibly depreciate that entire truck the year I bought it. So I might be able to take that entire $100,000 truck and expense it in the first year that I own it, which means I'm probably not going to pay any taxes. And so you hear a lot of owner-operators that say, I don't pay taxes because I'm an owner-operator, and that's one of the ways you can do that. The issue with that is if you expense it completely in the first year, through those various depreciation methods, then you have no expense on your truck to show on your tax return for year two, three, four, five on down the road. So you're going to wind up paying the taxes at some point. But it gives you a lot more flexibility depending on what you want to do with your taxes. We typically, you know, will recommend someone depreciate their truck over about a three-year period. That's what the IRS allows you to do. So roughly you would take a $33,000 deduction in depreciation. You also get to write off the interest that you're paying to the bank. Um, so it really boils down to, I think, number one, 
Um, sometimes it's easier to get in a truck through a lease program. They have lower down payment standards and they have lower um, credit requirements and some of those kinds of things. So a lot of it depends on you personally and what you can qualify, how much of a down payment you have. Um, but from a tax perspective, um, if you're purely looking at it from a tax perspective, you get a lot more flexibility with owning the truck and depreciating it. Okay. All right. Hey, uh, okay, let's grab a caller, then we'll have to take a break here shortly. But uh, New York, area code uh, 607, welcome to the show. Hello, Alan and I. It's Tom. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Tom. Good. How are you doing? Good. It's a pleasure to speak to you, Mr. Raymond. I, I got a couple questions for you. I'm one of those company drivers. And actually, the first thing that I'd like to actually expand on a little bit you just talked about a minute ago has to do with per diem uh, in regards to company drivers because it seems like every year around tax time you see this question come up on online forums and the various uh, trucking radio shows where people are saying my company paid me per diem so I can't take the uh, additional IRS deduction for meals at the end of the year I have heard there's ways that can be done. Is that information correct? Yes. Yeah, so let me kind of walk you through an example. Um, let's say as a company driver you're paid $0.40 cents a mile, and uh, that's it. You just get a flat $0.40 cents a mile for every mile that you drive. The odds are if you're getting paid $0.40 cents a mile that you're not getting per diem pay from your company. And it will tell you at the end of the year when you get your W-2 if you got paid per diem pay. So let's say you're getting paid that flat $0.40 cents a mile. You are allowed then to take your per diem deduction, and it's pretty simple. Uh, all you got to do is keep track of the number of days that you were away from home. Every night you had to sleep in your truck. Uh, it can get a little more complicated. There's a partial per diem for days that you leave. If you leave at 3 in the afternoon, you can only take 75% of that um, per diem deduction. But you keep track of every day you're away from home, and you can take that per diem deduction of $59 a day. And I misspoke earlier. The IRS only lets you deduct 80% of that, not 75 But um, on the flip side, if you work for a company that is paying you per diem pay, and the reason they'll do that is because what happens when you get paid per diem pay by a company, they don't have to pay FICA and Medicare tax on that per diem pay. They're essentially saying they're reimbursing you for your expenses on the road. So in the scenario I said, what would happen is you would probably get something like $0.24 cents a mile regular pay, and you would get about $0.16 cents a mile in per diem pay. Every truck line has kind of their formula that uh, meets the IRS code, and they've gone through and analyzed it. So if you got paid kind of split pay of $0.24 cents for driving the truck and 19 per, or I'm sorry, $0.16 cents for your expense reimbursement for per diem, in that case, you would not be allowed to take a per diem deduction on your tax return. You could go through a pretty complicated calculation and figure out if your day's away from home and that $59 added up to more than the per diem pay that they paid you, then you could you know, go through and add additional per diem, but it usually isn't worth the effort of doing that. If they're paying you per diem, they're probably going to be pretty close to what you should deduct as per diem, and in that case, you cannot take the per diem deduction. But the good news is that saves you money on taxes, too. If they're paying you a per diem pay, it's saving you um, from your paying your portion of the Social Security tax as well. Uh, That does answer my question, and the one thing I will say, though, if you do work for some of the larger carriers, um, and, and they shall remain nameless. Uh, it is worth doing that calculation because I actually do it every year. 
and actually, it, it I probably get about an extra two thousand dollars that I can deduct off my meals because yeah, um, good for you, Tom. It, that makes if if you go through the effort and you track it, uh, that's great for sure. And, and, and so you know that that's one thing that I, I I would encourage other drivers out there. You know, if you've got a company that pays a lower amount, let's say ten or maybe even fifteen cents a mile per diem, it, it, at least in my opinion, it's definitely worth tracking it. Uh, the, the next question that I have for you kind of ties into this is I, I've done my own taxes for several years, and each year it, it literally drives me to a raving lunatic, uh, virtually in tears some years, trying to figure out the changes in the state versus the federal tax codes. So so this year I finally broke down and decided I was going to uh, pay somebody to do my taxes, and in the interest of full disclosure, after looking at all the alternatives, I actually, I actually picked you guys. Uh, but my question is, if someone is a company driver, first of all, how late is, or really for any driver, how late is too late to get you your taxes so you, they can get them done for you this year if they try to do them and realize they can't? And, and then also, why should a company driver have somebody like ATBS or another service do their taxes? Well, that's a great question, Tom, that I appreciate. Um, Mike? can answer a little bit of our backlog better. Company driver taxes are a little easier and a little quicker than owner-operator taxes, but our, what we say our deadline to be able to do a tax return by April 15th is you have to have your information to us by March 6th. Is that the same for company drivers, Mike? Uh, not necessarily. We can, we can get company drivers out pretty quickly. The W-2 returns don't take us quite as long as the uh, – the Schedule C's for the independent contractors. Um, I would say if you had it to us uh, mid-March, we could we could accommodate the April 15th uh, filing deadline. And we can always file an extension if you don't have your information gathered up by then. You know, we provide a tax organizer to help you think through deductions that you might not have thought through otherwise. So, um, you know, we're, we're getting down to that time. The thing about a company driver is, almost always you're going to be getting a refund back from the IRS. And, and so unlike a lot of owner-operators that put off the painful process of the tax return because they don't want to write a check to the IRS, company drivers get money back because there's been extra money withheld for you. So you want to do it as quick as you can. You know, And, and to your second question, why should a company driver use ATBS or any tax preparer firm versus doing it themselves, um, I think there's – you know, there's a lot of answers. If you're capable, which it sounds like you are, Tom, um, you know, I, I appreciate anybody that pulls up TurboTax and does it themselves. Although TurboTax a week or two ago, you probably saw on the news, had a, some kind of security breach and they were shut down. They couldn't file returns in states for a little while because they were worried about identity theft and some things. Um, the only thing I guess I'd say is we know and we understand truck drivers because it's all we do. We do over 14,000 uh, tax returns a year for truck drivers. And so we might think of things. We might help you figure out deductions that you may not have thought about yourself. Uh, we have credibility with the IRS because we do so many tax returns for truck drivers. So our drivers rarely get audited. And when they do, we support them. Um, you know, so uh, I, I just, uh, a lot of times we will get folks refunds bigger than um, they would have thought about themselves. And for sure, some of those firms that don't understand trucking uh, when we do returns for truck drivers. So I'll, I'll be interested to hear how things go for you this year, Tom. I'm glad you chose us. Thank you. 
Thank you very much. Well, I'll put it this way. I'll be sure to track down your – well, actually, if I, if I get my return back, um, I'm sure you're going to be at Mass. I'm planning on it as well, so I'll, I'll tell you how it worked out at Mass. Otherwise, I'll send you an email and let you know. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Thank All you. right. Hey, thanks. Thanks, Tom. Hey, I'll get back with you if you have something else here. i got to take a quick break, and but uh, we will be right back in one minute and 50 seconds. Be right back. You're listening to Ask the Trucker Live on Blog Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere. Alan and Donna will be right back. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Ask the Trucker Live, and I want to tell you how you can save big money with Pivot Technology Resources. Pivot Technology Resources is the trucking industry's only source for quality new and used mobile communications and asset tracking equipment. With Pivot Technology Resources, you can have the latest technology such as Omnitrax MCP50 and the MCP200 or a PeopleNet VLU2 or PD4 and for around half the price of going directly through the manufacturer. Here's how they are able to bring you quality technology at such a low cost. Pivot Technology Resources obtains working in-cab computers from companies that go out of business, downsize their fleet, or change their technologies. Their team of professionals guarantee that they are in working order and even offers a brand new in-house warranty and all for about half the price. They even will buy your equipment as well. Find out more by calling 1-800-679-0177 and visit them on the web at pivotresources.com. Discover why so many of the most respected companies in the country have relied on their expertise. one 800 679-0177 pivotresources.com This is Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back. Having a little coffin fit there. We are uh, speaking with Todd Amen, President and CEO of ATBS, on the on the line at atbsshow.com. And, uh, hey, Tom, I had to go to that break, but I wanted to make sure, did you get everything in that you needed to? I uh, have yeah, two more, hopefully, quick questions, Alan, and, and then I'm Okay. Uh, go ahead. The, the next question is, is, Todd, is, and I know this was a personal experience. I'm, I'm looking into starting some of my own business. It's not necessarily... It's not directly a trucking-related business like an owner-operator, but I, I think another selling point of your services that I, at least I found, actually two selling points, one as part of my uh, fee for the year, it includes the driver's legal plan, which I think is a nice bonus, uh, number one. But number two is if you're looking to start a business like I have, my tax advisor has been more than willing to answer questions for me. And is that something that is normally done, or is, am I just lucky for some strange reason? You know, Tom, our philosophy, because I, I grew up in trucking and I know truck drivers, is we don't like to nickel and dime people. And, you know, so our, our real goal is to help you be the best you can be at whatever you want to do. And so we will give you a lot of advice if you've got questions. If you're calling every day and, you know, taking an hour of a CPA's time who's got a bunch of tax returns to get done, we might say, can we talk a little bit more after April 15th? But, you know, no, you know, our goal really is to help you get the information you want and need to uh, do what you want to do. Thank you very much, Todd. And I will say that's been my experience so far, but I thought that was an additional 
bonus that, that if you know a company driver you know they have a side business or spouse has a side business, you know, to, to me it's just it's something else to think about. You know, when you're looking at it, you know, like you said, a lot of places tend to nickel and dime you, and, and that's just something I do appreciate. And then the last question, though, is looking on Facebook lately, I have seen some people making some complaints about ATBS, and it's usually a small group, and they're very vague in general complaints, but the, the consistent one that I've kind of seen is, well, I wasn't happy with my return, but at least from what I can tell, they never talk to anybody about it. So if for some reason you get a return and to you it doesn't seem right, what should somebody do? You know, what somebody should do is call us immediately and talk about it. And I can tell you, having done taxes for 18 years with, you know, boy, I can't even add it up, but it would be a couple hundred thousand tax returns. I know it would be a conflict of interest for me to use ATBS to do my tax return, so I, I have an outside preparer do my tax return. I am never happy when I get my tax return. There's there's almost never good news in a tax return if you owe money. And if you're, if you're a company driver, there usually is some good news because you're going to get a refund. But most of our clients are owner-operators that owe money to the IRS. And it's kind of like going to the dentist a little bit, like Donna said earlier. You know, it's like getting a root canal. When, when somebody tells you you owe money to the government, it's not a fun message, and so some people get upset about that. And, you know, we definitely get our complaints once in a while. I appreciate you bringing up the Facebook. Social media is a is a mixed sword, you know, but we want honest uh, feedback. And anybody that complains on Facebook or any other social media, we just want to talk to them as quick as we can to make it right and fix whatever they think is wrong. And sometimes there's nothing we can do. The facts are the facts, and somebody owes the IRS some money, and there's just not much we can do about it. They can go to a tax cheat preparer, and you know they can go figure out how to do deductions that are illegal, and they'll wind up getting in trouble down the road, and maybe that's what needs to happen. But you know we can't make everybody happy 100% of the time when you deal with a lot of folks but you know our goal is to to make as many happy and do a good job for as many as we can so i i appreciate you've done some thorough research tom and i really appreciate all of your comments and questions and look forward to having you as a customer thank you very much mr Amen. i definitely appreciate your time you betcha all right thanks tom be careful out there and um you know, I want to touch on something. Well, let's see. I, 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 your website, I know, atbsshow.com. What's the best way for people to get a hold of you uh, or anybody there at ATBS? I mean, I know go to the website. Your, I'm sure your phone number and everything's up there for them. Yeah, it sure is, Alan, and I can give you a phone number if folks want to call rather than go to the website. Um, our okay. direct 800 number is 866-920-2827. And folks are welcome to call in there. They can get to whoever they need to talk to real quick through that phone number. And we have a ton of resources on our website. You can go there to the search bar and, you know, you can pull up, you can Google taxes and you'll find 20 newsletters and articles on everything that we talk about. There's a lot of good research on there that you won't find anywhere else relating specifically just to truck drivers. You have a lot of great stuff on there. I was on there earlier today. You even have a spot where... um if somebody's having problems with the IRS, uh, you you had a thing, uh, some kind of contact form or, or something that they could download that uh, you, you help them with even solving any any problems they may be having with IRS. We do. A lot of times, you know, they will have to sign a power of attorney that allows us to represent them with the IRS. Um, and, and one thing important for your listeners to know is to represent somebody in front of the IRS 
you have to have a, a professional designation. So you have to be an enrolled agent, a CPA, or a tax attorney, and uh, all the folks that practice here under Mike and his department that represent folks in the IRS. So there's a lot of a lot of people out there that'll use kind of one of those street corner tax preparers or a friend or someone like that. And you just want to know if you ever you know have issues with the IRS, that person cannot represent you. But we do. We have what's called a tax resolution uh, side of our business, and you know, for me, that's kind of a dirty word. You hear it advertised on the radio all the time, and newspapers, and even TV. And uh, there's a lot of folks that got in money in trouble with the IRS and didn't pay taxes, especially during the recession. And the IRS doesn't forget. You know, it's not something you can declare bankruptcy and let let uh, let that debt go by. When you owe the IRS money, they don't forget about it. They're going to track you down. And so anybody that's in that situation, and sadly, it seems like truck drivers get caught in that uh, more often than a lot of people. Um, we we can help folks out, and it's you know it's uh, it's a semi-lengthy process. There's a lot of information that's got to be gathered and discussed with the IRS. But we've got cases where you know we've had folks that have owed a hundred thousand dollars to the IRS, and we've settled it for you know a couple thousand dollars or five thousand. A lot of it boils down to the circumstances and you know how much you've got. If you don't have a lot of money and you don't have a lot of equity and you don't own a house and you don't have a lot of assets and money in the bank, the IRS knows they can't get blood out of a turnip, so it puts you in a good position to negotiate with the IRS. And the most important thing is just to get that debt settled because it will not get forgotten and penalties and interest keep building up. And, you know, we've had people cry. We've had people that have said they were suicidal over their IRS haunting them. And um, so my only recommendation is if you've got an issue like that, get it solved as quick as you can. And you and you will represent them uh, during an audit too, right? Definitely, we represent our clients during the audit. A little bit like Tom said, if it's simple and almost always it is, it's a piece of paperwork that maybe there was a divorce and maybe you know the spouse claimed the dependents as a deduction. Uh, at the same time, the truck driver claimed them as a deduction, and the IRS, you know figures that out and they want to know who rightfully could claim the kids as a deduction. We might have to get some divorce decree papers or something like that, but almost always it's just a simple piece of paperwork. So if it's something that takes us less than an hour or something related to a tax return we've done, we do it for free. If it gets, you know, in depth, the IRS really is going after you, you know, we we might have a charge above and beyond to uh, deal with the IRS, but we will represent all of our clients in an audit. Well, and, and that's the key. I mean, it's uh, y'all do so much more over there. So, I mean, atbsshow.com is the website, and you just have to uh, real easy, a real nice. You got a nice website. It's real easy to uh, to get around and find what you're looking for. But y'all offer so many services. Let me back up a little bit to this um, quarterly taxes, and then I'll have to take another quick break. And then when we come back, I want to talk about something that affects everybody. And that's the national health care. But let me back up just a little bit on these quarterly taxes, because I, I, I know I've known a lot of drivers that these quarterly taxes, they seem like no matter how hard you plan for them, they always just seem to sneak up on you. I mean, what, what what's a, you know, a, a good thing for drivers to do just to prepare so they're, they are, you know, ready for these quarterly taxes? I mean, is there a, a certain amount that you recommend that they set aside so they're not rushing, you know, at, at the end of the quarter to try to come up with the money they need to send in? Yeah, you bet. There's a couple things, Alan, that are really important on quarterly taxes, and I just want everybody to understand quarterly taxes because a lot of folks don't. 
it goes back to our beginning conversation when we talked about a W-2 versus 1099. So if I'm a W-2 guy, a company's withholding all of my taxes and remitting them to the government every week. And so that's all taken care of, and the IRS is getting their money. When I become an owner-operator, there's no taxes being withheld. So the IRS, you know, wants their money just like they do from the employees, and that's the whole purpose of the quarterly tax system. You're making money that they're not getting on a weekly basis. The quarterly taxes are due on January 15th, April 15th, June 15th, and September 15th. And what we recommend to our customers, it, it can get really complicated, but a simple rule of thumb is to take about 25 to 28% of your net check if you're an independent contractor and set that aside in an account for quarterly taxes so that you've got the money. There's a couple different ways you can pay quarterly taxes. You can pay them based on your prior year tax burden. So if I owed $4,000 last year on my tax return, I can simply divide that by four and pay $1,000 each one of those time periods that I mentioned, January, April, June, and September. Um, that's called the safe harbor method. We don't really like that because owner-operators' income fluctuates pretty widely during year to year. And so if I made significantly more money in the coming year, I'm going to have underpaid my taxes. And then when I actually file my return, I may not have enough to pay what's due. Then again, if I made less, I may underpay um, or I may overpay the IRS, and that's like loaning them money. So what we really like to do is is have somebody pay their quarterly taxes based on what they're actually earning. So the next example is April 15th. Um, what we would do is actually take the income someone generated January, February, and March and figure estimated quarterly taxes based on those months and tell you what you should be paying to the IRS. So as I say, every week set aside you know 25 to 28% of your net check that you get, and that'll be good for quarterly taxes, but then you got to file them. Um, on those dates that I said. Okay, so 25, 28% weekly net, and because really that's, uh, I mean, it, I mean, that's a, you're paying your quarterly taxes, I mean, that's an estimated uh, tax payment. I mean, so I, I think a lot of drivers, I mean, maybe in the beginning will worry that, you know, that it's not, you know, exactly right on, but am, am I right in saying that that's, that's an, tax estimate that you're filling out during your quarterly taxes? It is an estimate, and that's all the IRS really wants because that's all we can do. We never know exactly how the year is going to turn out until it's over. You know, Our goal at ATBS is to get someone within a couple of percent. We don't want any surprises in April, and so you know, if we can get real close on those estimates throughout the year, Come April, we would like you to get, you know, maybe a hundred or two hundred dollar refund, or maybe you write to the IRS a check for a hundred or two hundred dollars. Where guys get in trouble is they don't make those quarterly estimated tax payments because they blew out some tires and they needed to do some maintenance, or they wanted a big screen right. TV or a bass boat. <laughs> when you don't pay them is when you get in real t- trouble because then April comes and you got a six or eight thousand dollar tax bill and you don't have the money. So it's important to keep right. up with those quarterlies. And, you know, you had mentioned something about, Donna had mentioned something about auditing, and, you know, you help drivers with auditing. Um, I think one thing to make sure that we get across is, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know if there's really anything uh, such as 100% audit proofing your business. I mean, maybe there is. You can correct me. But these tax deductions, um, you have to have full documentation on on any tax deduction 
you do. I mean, I mean that can include, uh, you know, receipts, canceled canceled checks, log books, ebooks. I mean, if you're going to have a tax deduction of any kind, do you absolutely have to provide some kind of documentation for that, whatever it is? Uh, what, what you say is is true. You need documentation for the IRS to accept that they're not going to just, you know, you can't just say I spent five hundred dollars on fuel last week and write it in a book and they accept that. You got to have a fuel receipt, and so they want a date, place, time, you know, amount for any expense that you have. There are definitely circumstances where you can't always get that. Let's say you had somebody help unload right. your truck or. You're doing certain things like that. If it's under $75 and you can't get a receipt, um, you can document that in a ledger book or a receipt book and, you know, say I spent, I gave somebody $50 that helped unload my truck uh, last week at this place and this time. And, you know, as long as you got documentation, the IRS um, will will make sure. But you can't, you can't audit proof. I mean, about 2% of independent contractors will get audited. Sounds like a really low number, and, and it is a low number. The IRS doesn't have the manpower to audit everybody. So um, the the people that file Schedule Cs, which are owner-operators, are one of the highest groups that are audited of any tax preparer. It's pretty rare for someone that's an employee to get audited. Owner-operators get audited huh. more often. As long as you're organized, as long as you've got documents in place and you know, those things are around, audits go really easy. It's when the IRS shows up at your door and you got a box or a trash bag full of your last five years' worth of receipts all thrown in there, and it's a big mess. <laughs> you know, the IRS knows they just won the lotto because there's no way you're going to be able to approve the expenses that you say you had. <laughs> Pull out the old shoebox full of receipts. And, and how how long should a driver maintain, you know, all that documentation? Is there a certain time limit, three or four years, or what would it be? The IRS allows or, or is allowed to audit you back to three years, and um, okay. so it's a minimum of three years. We recommend you keep your stuff for five or six years. There are cases where the IRS can say if they think you are trying to commit fraud, they can go back further than three years. So the minimum's three years that we recommend you keep. Okay. Oh, you're on mute, Donna. <laughs> I'm sitting here talking, and my phone's on mute. <laughs> Um, hi, Todd. I just wanted to ask you, I'm reading this in the chat room, um, is it best interest of the owner-operator to create an S-Corp or an LLC, or what are the benefits for them? Uh, that is a really good question, and um, I'll start out by saying uh, probably 95 96% of our clients don't have either of those. They file as a sole proprietor. The reason they do is because it gets complicated when you set up an LLC or an S-Corp um, and become a company from a lot of perspectives. So if you're if you're just a simple driver and you don't have a lot of assets to protect and you don't want a complicated life, you know, just keep doing it as a sole proprietor and file a tax return under your name. If you do want to protect yourself from liability, and I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know how much having a corporation protects you from that, but that's a reason a lot of folks set up one of those things. What we recommend from a tax perspective, not a legal perspective because we're tax people, is an LLC because it's simpler to set up and maintain and do the filings and those kinds of things. But we would recommend you from a tax perspective that you file your tax return as an S-Corp under that LLC corporation 
And there's a simple reason for that. If you're making over about $65,000 a year in net income, um, I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound funny, but I guess I'd call it a tax game. You can save yourself some money on self-employment taxes by being an employee of your S-Corp from a tax filing perspective. You can pay yourself a wage out of your company that's lower than the money that you make, and the difference in that will save you some money on self-employment taxes. So without getting too complicated, you know, on on the radio here, um, you can save two or three, maybe even up to $5,000 in taxes by doing that if you're making over $65,000 a year. It's something we can talk through you with specifically on the phone. And, and they also have uh, on their website, Donna, that corporation downloadable ebook to help them choose a you know which a uh, good way to go. I mean, right Todd, I saw I think I saw that on your website. Yep, you're right, Alan. That'll give you a lot of the information uh that I'm talking about in more detail. Okay. And uh all right, listen, I got to take a quick break. Time's kind of winding down, but I do want to touch on uh the the effects of the uh, national health care health insurance. I think that's really important. So a quick break and we'll come back with that and Wrap it up here. Be right back. Heads up, truckers. Are you looking for deals on trucks, trailers, parts, or equipment? Or maybe you need to sell something truck-related. Well, there's a great spot on the web where truckers deal with other truckers. No middlemen involved. That's why we call it TruckerToTrucker.com. There's no charge at all for looking. And if you want to place an ad for what you're selling, it's just $19.95. And it runs till it sells. So whether you're buying or selling, it's time to log on and take a look. TruckerToTrucker.com. Check it out. That's TruckerToTrucker.com. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here, and I want to tell you about TruckerLawyers.com. TruckerLawyers.com helps drivers with their legal needs, and they specialize in workers' compensation, trucking accidents, employment law, and other areas. TruckerLawyers.com arms you with important information regarding workers' compensation and your legal rights, and they are also available to help you find assistance for additional legal issues. This includes determining how to get you the best benefits possible for your situation. The website truckerlawyers.com is a resource where you can learn more about your legal rights as a driver. Feel free to continue the social media conversation by liking them on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash truckerlawyers and follow them on Twitter as at truckerlawyers. Call them to talk through your questions at 1-800-736-5503. Hey drivers, Alan Smith here with Ask the Trucker Live asking, are you home every weekend? Are you off on all major holidays and still get paid? Well, if not, then listen up because we may have the perfect driving opportunity for you. Godspeed Expeditors LLC of Rockwall, Texas is currently seeking a husband and wife team for one of their dedicated tractor trailer lanes. A Class A CDL with hazmat endorsement is required, and the team must have six months verifiable experience within the last 24 months. This team will be running approximately 3,600 miles per week Monday through Friday, and pay is calculated at 70 cents per mile, and that means all miles. That's a whopping $2,500 per week take-home and $130,000 per year possibility. All applicants will be security screened, 
and must be able to pass a drug screen. There is a one-week orientation which pay $500 to the team and the hotel room will be provided. No felony or Class A misdemeanors need apply. So stop running yourselves in the ground for little pay and come home to an exciting, well-paying job that I know you've been looking for. And after one year, pay is increased to $0.75 cents per mile for all miles. And if you are in West Virginia especially, teams are needed now. So for this great driving opportunity career, contact Godspeed Expeditors LLC at 479-234-5323. That's 479-234-5323. Call them right now and be sure to tell them that you heard about them on Ask the Trucker Live. We're back. We're kind of winding it down here, Todd. I don't want to keep you here all night. I know you're busy, but I think the the health insurance thing is, you know, is, is pretty important that we need to touch on here. Just maybe some bullet points here as we wind it down. But what what are what are some of the th- main primary things that owner operators and independents ought to know about the uh, you know the health insurance and all that's going on with that? Alan, those are some uh, some good questions, and I can tell you the last thing I ever thought I'd be involved with when I got in the tax business was health insurance, and somehow uh, <laughs> the wisdom of our government decided to make tax preparers and the tax return process the enforcement agency of this new Affordable Care Act, and uh, as it's finally referred to, Obamacare. And so this is really the first year that we're kind of dealing with those issues from a tax return perspective, so maybe I'll just right. give you a rundown of some things to think about. Um, There is a penalty. If you did not have health insurance last year through a company um, program or you didn't buy it yourself on an exchange, there's a penalty that will be enforced this year on your tax return. Um, It's it's a fairly simple, straightforward penalty. It's $95 per adult or it's 1% of your adjusted gross income, whichever is more expensive. And you know we've we've done a few hundred returns so far this year, and what we're seeing is an average, I think, in the ballpark of uh, most of them are going to percentage of adjusted gross income, not to ninety five dollars per adult. So it's it's somewhere between three hundred and three hundred and fifty dollars for a penalty. Um, if you didn't have tax, or if I didn't have health insurance last year, that penalty goes up in two thousand and fifteen. Uh, so it goes to I think three hundred and twenty five dollars or 2% of my adjusted gross income. So, you know, pretty quickly here in the next year or two, that penalty is going to become pain, more painful enough that most people are going to think about getting health insurance. The hard right. part about uh, the whole process is there's an open enrollment period, and a lot of drivers don't know this. So for 2015, I had to buy my health insurance between November 15th and February 15th of this past year, it just ended a few days ago. If I didn't get my health insurance, then I probably can't buy it on one of those exchanges, and I'm going to be subject to the penalty for this year. So I guess what I'd say is, you know, there's a lot of drivers out there, especially independent contractors. Insurance is expensive, and they don't feel like they can afford it, so they just don't have it, and they avoid it. Um, it's going to become a bigger issue, and and you're going to have to pay for it in your taxes sooner or later. The good news is there are credits out there. So, you know, if I'm not making a lot of money, I think I can't remember the exact number, but somewhere around forty-seven or fifty thousand dollars of income. If I'm below that, 
I can get some credits that help me pay for that health insurance, and I can go on one of these exchange sites and put in my income, and it'll help me figure out if I can get some credits to offset some of my premiums uh, for health insurance. So, you know, what I'll say is it's it's complicated, the tax return process. You know, there's multiple forms. We had to spend a bunch of days here training tax preparers on how to deal with the filing of Obamacare. Um, it's multiple tax forms. It goes by month. So if I had health insurance for January, February, and March, and it was canceled, there's you know, penalties for the rest of the year. We got to file by month, so we got to ask a lot of questions, and it's become a relatively painful part of the tax process. But it's something that's here to stay, I think, and something we got to all deal with and pay attention to. Well, that that was gonna <laughs> that was gonna lead me to a question. So, how many months do you have to have it? Um, you know, let's say you have it nine out of the twelve months. Uh, you know, what do you do then? I mean, you're insured, but not just for the whole year. What do people do then? I'm going to let Mike answer that question because, man, it's complicated. There are exemptions um, available to to not have health insurance. Some of those you have to apply for through uh, the marketplace or the exchange, which it goes through Health and Human Services, and other exemptions are through the IRS directly. Um, one of the exemptions is... Um, being uninsured for, I believe it's no more than three months. Um, if there's a period of three months during the year where, say, you were uh, an employee, you know, a, a company driver, you had health insurance through your carrier, um, you decided to be an owner-operator, um, so you went that route and you were uninsured for a few months and, and decided to buy insurance through the marketplace after that, that that period there um, would be exempt. Okay. And what about, like, people who missed the deadline? What do they do now? There's not really much they can do um, for purchasing insurance through an exchange unless they have a life event that occurs. So whether they get married or have a child, um, get divorced, um, otherwise, they they're kind of stuck without insurance for the year. Unless they go to a private, like let's say they call up Blue Cross Blue Shield or somebody like that, right? Yeah, you know, I, I again, we're not in the insurance business, so I don't know how all that works. But you can always go buy private insurance. The hard part is it's really expensive, I think, a lot of times, and and it's usually underwritten if you go to a private company like that, whereas these exchanges, it's kind of no questions asked. You know, you enroll and, and you buy your insurance. So, um, yeah, it could wind up being a six or $700 penalty for this year if somebody missed enrolling. You know, so I guess the thing is learn your lesson if you didn't get it by February 15th and make sure when open enrollment starts this coming November that you do start shopping and you get insurance this year. Okay. Wow, all complicated. Well, well, listen, our time's winding down. Uh, Todd or Mike, I mean, really appreciate y'all being here. Is there any final comments, maybe something that, uh, you know, I didn't ask or go through over that you you, uh, specifically wanted to get across to the listeners? You know, I think the last thing that I would say, first of all, Alan and Donna, never met you. It's been a pleasure being on your show. Really uh, enjoy the calls and uh, the format of your show. It's a lot of fun, so thanks for the invite, and we really appreciate it. And 
the, oh, you're the, welcome. the final parting thing I'd say about taxes is don't ignore them. Um, there are penalties, and if you, even if you don't have the money to pay taxes, you want to file your tax return. If you don't file, the penalties can be severe as much as five percent a month. But if you file and you can't pay, you know there's a there's an interest percentage, and it's a lot smaller than that five percent. So, in the end, it's something that you can't ignore. I say this to everybody I, I hear often if I'm on a radio show or doing something I there's always the few folks out there that say that um you know, there's nothing in the constitution that allows the government to tax us and I'm not a taxpayer and we've all seen the publicized uh celebrities that have right. taken that stance and wound up in jail or owing millions of dollars and you know, in the end we live in America and we're protected by our military and we have good roads to drive on and we've got schools our kids go to school in and you know, it's our duty to pay some some taxes. It's not our duty to pay more than we have to. Um but but we gotta look at taxes as something that you know, we have the right to pay as being Americans and uh pay for the things that we need in this country. Again, I don't want you to overpay. I think we all pay too much. I wish we had lower tax percentages, but um you know, deal with your taxes, don't ignore them because they can get you in big trouble if you do. <laughs> Absolutely, and and hey, hey, how about you, Mike? Any 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 last comments? No, I want to thank you guys for uh, having us on. I uh, really appreciate it. And you know, just what Todd said, you you, you need to file uh, file your returns. It's it's important. And um, yeah, I don't I don't have anything else to add. All right. Well, hey, sounds good. Listen, guys, I really appreciate you coming on. A lot of good information. And uh, atbsshow.com, and uh, let's see, they can give you a call, too, at 866-920-2827. So thanks again. It was a great show. Really appreciate it, guys. Have a great evening. Thank you. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Good night. All right. And, hey, hey, Donna, you got a – I didn't ask you. you have any things you wanted to get across tonight? Yeah, I wanted, to, I, I wanted to talk about this because there's only a few days left to do this. But um, Team RunSmart is having a, a sign-up if you go to uh, their website. And for every sign-up, they're donating $1 to cancer research. And uh, they're also having a big drive on cancer prevention. And we're probably going to be having a, a show on that that we already planned about healthy eating since we are uh, trying to move more in the area of health. And um, pre- cancer prevention research, it, there's really your eating style and your lifestyle uh, could also be for disease prevention and uh, autoimmune disease. So we're looking forward to uh, a few of those shows. But uh, getting back to the drive for the cancer research, uh, $1 will be donated for every sign-up. And um, you can just go to teamrunsmart.com and then forward slash mobile and forward slash register. And I'm going to put that right in the chat room right now also, actually, as we talk. And you could just go to teamrunsmart.com, and I'm sure you know, you'll be able to navigate uh, where you can register for this $1 donation um, towards cancer research. Yeah, that's really nice. Yes, it is. And um, the other thing I wanted to welcome um, our new DOT medical advisor for North American Trucking Alerts, um, Dr. Randolph Rosarian. Uh, Dr. Rosarian is a certified medical examiner, 
and he is listed uh, in the USDOT FMCSA National Registry of Certified Medical Examiners, and he has quite a few articles, um, not just on his own site, uh, but he's uh, posted three of them so far on the North American Trucking Alerts website. So uh, you can go over there. And we're also scheduling a show with Dr. Rosarian about sleep apnea. And I want to share with everybody that we got to hear from Elaine Papp of FMCSA. And, of course, she's recently retired, but she's just still very much into um, uh, the this whole idea of uh, concern for driver health. Because don't forget, she was the... Um, uh, the Chief Medical Programs Division uh, over at the FMCSA. So she has uh, a big heart. And we, Alan and I, you know, we, we know her. She was a speaker uh, along with uh, Rick Ash over at the Trucking Solutions Group over at the convention, and they both discussed health. And uh, Elaine actually um, got to uh, be a part of the Deaf Truckers United having that waiver put on the FMCSA because she she spoke to them at the convention and uh they really touched her heart all their com- uh the compassion she had for them for all the things that they went through the obstacles and challenges that they had to go through to be able to drive so um I confirmed that with her on the phone the other day. I said, you played a big part in that. And she said, yeah, well, we're looking forward to her being on the show also. We don't know if we're going to have two separate shows because she's going to share a lot of the regulatory aspect of it. And Dr. Rosarian's going to um, talk a lot about the actual uh, sleep apnea, the disease, and what uh, DOT medical examiners look for. And his thing is, look, we're not out to get you. We're just trying to help you. And he does understand the expenses and everything. So uh, I think that show is going to be in like mid-March, but, you know, we'll we'll put it out there and we'll probably have a blog post uh, about it also. So um, go on over to North American Trucking Alerts. It's the It's all about awareness, accountability, action, uh, everybody, you know, within the industry who wants to actually do something uh, about the issues, what their solutions are, that we have a lot of wonderful contributing authors that have volunteered uh, their um, their thoughts and ideas for this. And we have some great uh, people on board, some sponsors on board. I'm just going to name a few right now. Um, uh, Southern Sleep, Pivot Technology, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing, Trucker to Trucker, Drive for Freedom, Warhorse Media, um, Road Tested Living, TruckDriversHealth.org, DOT Medical Examiner, TCRG Consulting, Team Run Smart, and ATBS. So um, we have some wonderful people and some you got to go over and just read these articles, some really great articles. Matter of fact, um, i got three more today from uh, Linda Caffey over at... Uh, uh, the Trucking Solutions Group. She's also a Team Run Smart member. So we're just really excited uh, about North American Trucking Alerts, uh, everybody just coming together for the benefit of the industry. Um, next week, I think we're having an open forum next week, but I'm not sure. 
Um, we've got a couple of different things uh, in the making, but um, there's there's so many different things that people want to talk about. Sometimes the best thing to do when that happens is the open forum. Everybody gets to have a chance to you know say what's on their mind. But we'll also be posting about that soon, also. Um, other than that, I think that's uh, that's all I have for tonight. Now that will do it. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Hey, thanks for joining us this evening. Be sure to to uh, bookmark us and add us to your favorites. And thanks again to Todd Amon of ATBS for joining us this evening. And uh, be sure to check them out online at atbsshow.com or give them a call 866-920-2827 and see what all they can do to help you in this tax season. So, hey, thanks again, everyone, and have a great evening. We'll catch you next time. On Ask the Trucker Live. You've been listening to Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. On behalf of Alan and Donna Smith, AskTheTrucker.com, TruckingSocialMedia.com, NorthAmericanTruckingAlerts.com, Blog Talk Radio, and Ask the Trucker Live. I'm J. Michael Collins. Until next time, drive safe and thanks for listening.